Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Frank, what's happening? How are you today? Good? Doing great. And uh, obviously, we've just done the, uh, the vlog of a tour of my house, which has gone down fantastic, very successful, some fantastic, brilliant comments. And uh, we're getting up into the thousands of views for it, so glad we've done it. We can't really go round at the moment uh, because of the lockdown to clubs. We can't see any to clubs and film it, film some of the performance, film what goes on in the dressing room. So we're thinking of other vehicles, so to speak, other places that we can go and film. And uh, done the house tour, which is very successful. And this week, next week, we're going to go into something else, get a different subject. So uh, it's all good. Yeah, if you don't know what Frank's talking about, we put a house tour of Frankie's house on YouTube on Tuesday just gone, rather than the vlog that we put out every Tuesday. If you're unaware of that, we put a vlog out every Tuesday of documenting our process from going to a gig, what the gig is like, you know, kind of like the backstage, uh, you know, shenanigans that go on during the gig. But we had no footage left because we've had no shows, so we we thought what can we put out we want to still put a video out on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock and we decided to do a house tour of Frankie's house Frank tell us about first of all what did you think of the idea in the first place before we started it um wasn't really too sure about the idea because if anybody can remember um a tv show called um what was it called a tv show MTV uh, Crips. Through the keyhole. Yeah. And what it is, it used to be, uh, you know, I think it was David Frost originally in the studio and Lloyd Grossman had been going out to people's houses and looking around saying, this is the room, sleeping, and there's a connection. And look at these books here, connection with sports. And you're trying to pick up clues, people on the panel keeping picking up clues in the studio. And it, right at the end, you've got to guess, people have to guess, whose house it is. But obviously all of them are kind of like very successful people, people who've been like world champions and uh, multi-millionaires. So I wasn't embarrassed. I've never embarrassed them down to earth. But I didn't think people would be interested in looking around my house, which is just, as somebody said, kind of modest and just a normal, just a normal house, you know, just for somebody who lives alone. It's just somewhere normal. It's not a fucking big mansion. It's not a big muse house in London just like a house in Liverpool. so But people appreciate it, and the people have really kind of like uh, taken to it. And I think the people are kind of like buzzing off it, thinking, well, this is very down to earth. I think that's what's uh, what's made it popular. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on YouTube now. It's just at 7,500 views in two days, I think, or it's a day and a half. A couple of days, yeah, so yeah. it's doing great. Yeah, average, we're usually in about 2,000. So, you know, obviously it's very popular. But people have been commenting all kinds of madness. Look, you'll have to go and check the video out. But basically, the focus around the house tour is mostly looking at the pictures in your house, isn't it? Pictures are in my house, yeah. And is, you know, fill people in if they haven't watched it. What type of pictures have you got? Basically, in your house? all it is because of work, kind of like uh, in entertainment all my life, I've managed to kind of amass a lot of memorabilia from boxing shows, working with different celebrities, working with famous uh, you know, gangsters. Frankie Fraser used to stay in my house 
and uh, we've got pictures of him in the house, us together. Frankie Fraser was the enforcer for the uh, Richardsons and the Craze in London. That's his peak. Um, you know, world-class champion boxers who I got to know personally. Got pictures of them all over the house. So it's great. And, and because I've taken it for granted, because I've worked with these people all my life, um, that's exactly it. I've taken it for granted. And people are watching it and just amazed at the contracts that I've made over the years. And, and people are very impressed. It's great. Yeah, I was laughing my head off because we put a picture of you up on YouTube like the thumbnail for the video was basically you standing in front of a big fucking mansion when I knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 as you say, like you're just normal house, but I was just going to look at some of the comments that we've had going on here. Son of Sam has put a funny one that everyone's given upvotes to. He says, Hey, flying, can't fly, not into flying, enters kitchen, love going abroad. I know you don't need to fly to go abroad, but that made me laugh out loud, like some kind of Peter K sketch. No disrespect, Frankie, much love. Yeah, well, I do love going abroad, and I did love going abroad and working. I've done thousands of shows uh, on the continent in Germany for the British Army for many years. Always used to fly over. But the fear and um, the dislike I had of flying kind of got worse and worse over the years. But, you know, we went to Tenerife, couple of years ago, done the Sky Bar in Tenerife, but I had to get hypnotised by a very good friend of ours, Phil Steele, who's a hypnotist, and he took away uh, my fear of flying. So, I could, uh, you know, he took it away for the time being anyway, so I made the journey, done four hours to Tenerife, four hours back, it was great, but I am very afraid of flying. And as you just said, though, you can travel these days, go by train. I've got a friend of mine, Billy, but he were mold. He's terrified of flying the same. And his brother or his mates always holiday in Benidorm. So last year, they all flew. And he got the train to London, then through to Paris. You're a star. And I think it took him about 48 hours or 36 hours. He stopped at, uh, you know, somewhere down south in France. I think it was Lyon. Then I think they changed trains and um, Barcelona, then from Barcelona, he got on another train. What else would you be asked? And he ended up in Benidorm. So, and he said it was enjoyable. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's heavy juicy, that. It's heavy juicy, yeah. I couldn't be asked with that myself personally. Let us know what you think in the comments. Yeah. I'm just going to read out some more comments on here because the comments are hilarious. So, but some people have put really nice stuff. RIP Frankie's dad, 96 XRAF. Enough said, really, which I agree. Yeah, well, he was a good lad. He was in Burma, actually fought uh, with the Chindits, anybody knows the history, when we were fighting the Japanese during the war. He was out there, my dad, uh, fighting in Burma, yes, yeah, so uh, RAF, he was in the Royal Air Force, yeah, great, good lad. Yeah, he had all tattoos, didn't he? Yeah, this one's, this one's a belter. I bet he windmills his route all over that kitchen. I do, actually, yeah, you've, you've, <laughs> you've, you've got me on that one. Yeah. Frankie, yeah. Frankie Allen for Sky Sports, Box and Pundit. Um, a lot of people are saying that because you've got a lot of boxing stuff going on about there. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. But yeah, this one I like. Uh, not not knowing who Frankie knows and knew, I wa it wasn't me who thought that the route was funny at all. Friggin' hell, no horse's head in me bed, please. Yeah, well, all these people that I meet, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of one of these people that meet people and judge them or not judge them. Um see that you know I take people as I find them yeah and I don't really know and I don't want to know and I'm not interested in what Frankie Fraser done during his life if he done bad things he'd done his time he saved his time 
And he was a lovely man. And he raised thousands around the country for children's charities, which, uh, you know, was very close to his heart. And uh, I got to know him, and he was a great guy. That's all I can say, a lovely man. And uh, obviously I wasn't in his world, but he stayed in my house a few times, never felt threatened by him in any way. And uh, just a good lad. And uh, as I say, you've got to take people as you find them. Fair play. So, yeah, if you haven't checked out vlog, the vlog, should I say, the, the house tour video out, go check it out. It's on YouTube now. And we are after, we are desperate for, should we say, fucking new video ideas because basically we don't have a vlog to go out every Tuesday now. So we're trying to work out what type of videos that we should come up with. Some ideas that you've had, fill us in. Well, we've had different ideas. Obviously, the house tour was a good one. Now, we've also had this idea, which we may do next week, without giving too much away, about kind of retracing my childhood, where I went to school. We're going to film around the school, film around the high school I went to, which is also the school that my son went to, coincidentally. Uh, and then from there, we're going to go to where I used to live in Kensington, not London, not plush Kensington in London, Kensington in Liverpool, which is totally different. And uh, go on from there, just... Basically, my life story, different places I lived, different places where I had strange or funny experiences, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be a very interesting vlog. Yeah, well, if you've got any ideas, I'd love to know, because it would make my life a hell of a lot easier. A couple of new things that I want to talk about um, before we get into the actual um, main topic that we're going to talk about today. Basically, we've decided that although these podcasts are great and we've got our in-house setup and we're able to do this from home, which, you know, a lot of people have been really made up with, we decided that we want to bring guests on and I don't want to bring guests on in a half-hearted way. So we're using a new podcast studio from next week, once a week to be able to put out new podcasts with guests. We've got so many people that are weird and wonderful and you would love to, we'd love to introduce you to them. And, you know, we think it's a good way of us growing this channel quickly. It's a good way of getting out some boss content to you and making it a little bit more interesting. And also, it gets us out the fucking house, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that's well, of the course, key. everybody and anybody, especially these days, the way things are with the quarantine, people are always looking for different ways to burn up a few hours and stop the boredom. And, uh, you know, we've been up to these vlogs, we're doing the podcasts and we're doing the 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 the, uh, the live shot and it's great it really is something to look forward to now and we feel good that we're providing a service to people you'd be surprised how many people who kind of like um, warm to these uh, vlogs and podcasts and lives who really kind of like uh, look forward to them yeah. so if we're providing a service cheering people up at this time makes us feel better it's great. Yeah, 100%. And uh, if you have got any podcast guests that you'd like us to bring on, please do let us know in the comments. I would love to know some ideas from you guys because it kind of, do we go down the route of bringing on, you know, uh, celebrities of a certain profile? Do you want to hear stories from real life people or do you want to hear stories from like people who are celebrities? Let us know because obviously we're in both worlds. So Maybe we can do a mix of both. So on that note, a lot of people were calling for the Frankie Allen and Chubby Brown podcast last night. It was Chubby's birthday yesterday. So you put a picture up on Facebook and there were a lot yeah. of comments on that. You speak to Roy on his birthday yesterday. By the way, happy birthday, Roy. Yeah, Roy, I, I sent him a text. I could see somebody had posted something up that uh, he was actually 
in somewhere, I don't know where it was, it's probably up in the northeast, uh, being vaccinated, wasn't he? Yeah, he got vaccinated yesterday. So he got vaccinated, so good lad, Roy. Fucking hell, you're and, on your uh, shit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was watching it, so um, happy birthday to Roy, I'm not sure how old he is, he's probably a bit like me, a bit crazy about his age, when he gets to a certain age, it's saying kind of like keep it down a little bit. But no, Roy, fantastic comedian, brilliant, in a class of his own, and I had the opportunity to meet him a few times. He'd become a, become a good mate of mine and my son, Will, and a uh, great guy, fantastic. Where, where did you meet him? Uh, in the Empire Theatre. He was playing in Liverpool, and uh, me and young Dave actually went Yeah, but that's not the first time you met him. Where did you meet him? Oh, I'm not sure, really. Well, we, you probably know better than me, but we, we've... I think the first time I met him was in Warrington on a show up there, you know, that's uh, about four or five years ago. It's not too long, but, you know, he's been one of the lads. He's just no airs and graces about him. He's not, so, you know, he doesn't try to be big time. He's just uh, just himself, just one of the boys, and, uh, you know, hope he uh, stays at the top for many more years to come. Fair play. Okay, let's get into the actual bulk of what this podcast is going to be about. Now, we spoke a little bit earlier about the vlogs. They go out every Tuesday, usually at seven o'clock when we're on the road. And the whole idea of the vlogs is that we can give you an insight into what our life is like on the road. And it's supposed to be, and it is the majority of the time, and it has become this. It's become um, a situation where we give you a no-holds-barred view on what the events are like. You know, you've seen vlogs like the Carlisle vlog, vlogs like the Middlesbrough vlog where people are approaching the stage, getting up on the stage, there's kickoffs, there's this, there's that. But much like any TV show, especially if we're trying to grow a first, we want to attract people to the shows. So we don't really want to put every bad part of the, of the of the vlogs out into the open because we want people to come to the shows and not think fucking hell like that's rough or fucking hell blah 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 and, and get a bad name before yeah before you've built your profile or before everything's grown but i think we've got to a point now where you know it, it we're well established now people people enjoy the vlogs for what they are and we want to tell you a little bit today about anything that we might have left out of any of the vlogs which you can go back and watch all of them that we didn't tell you, you know. Well, this is kind of like an issue which I, you know, it's a bit contentious really because I do take issue with it. I thought and I still think that when we do the vlogs around the clubs, it should be warts and all. I think people want to see everything that goes on. Now, obviously, you're trying to promote and refine the brand without it looking too kind of like CED and too rough and ready, which may put people off. I accept that. So there's been like bits of trouble in the clubs and there might have been a bit of a fight. Nothing to do with us. You know, a couple of times things have just happened where people have been drinking all day, they've had too much and there's been a bit of a scuffle in the crowd. Well, we haven't shown that and that's obviously down to Will because he doesn't think that would kind of like endear people to uh, and generate... Uh, the kind of inset and, and, and be kind of like, uh, what's the word? Uh, and be good for, for our kind of audience, for the no, audience that we're trying to play to. No, sorry, just to, just to clarify on that. I think the audience that we, we play to and the audience that watch these videos love that type of stuff. Yeah. The problem, was, problem is when you're trying to build that from scratch, I don't want YouTube or Facebook or anyone just fucking us off off the off Oh, the I see. Well, it's just something I didn't understand. Yeah. I thought you were doing it no. just to kind of, kind of sanitise things because, in your opinion, you didn't really think that was an attractive thing to have on 
the vlog, you know, the well, people of, would like. First of all, just a caveat on that. I didn't want people to be put off coming to a live show because there might have been trouble at the show. Yeah. And if you look at the older vlogs, I mean, if what have we put, 53 hours or something like that, you can see the progression. Like we started in pretty, not shit venues, but venues that aren't as good as, as they are now. Well, I didn't realise that. So we could have been taken down, so to speak, if it was viewed that it was a bit too... Rough and ready. Well, if we started showing videos like people punching each other's head in, in the crowd and that, I think one, people would have been like, whoa, women would have been like, I don't want to be there. And to be honest with you, like, would you want to go somewhere that was that kind of environment? Not, not to say it was like that all the time, but look, let's just get into it. Let's talk about every vlog, yeah. one to 53 or 54 or whatever it is. And we'll try and go into some detail on the actual vlog itself. Okay. And what we'll do is we're going to rate them out of 10 at the end. Right. With show, okay? First Frankie Allen vlog that ever went out, 17th of February, 2019. This was before I started my promotions company, before it was any of our own shows. It was in Huddersfield. Um, do you remember it well? I remember it well because as soon as I walked into the club, I think it was Huddersfield Catholic Club, wasn't it? Irish Centre. Irish Centre, that's right. And they're right in the middle of Huddersfield. I know Huddersfield very well, and the people around there are great, good Yorkshire people. And then a good crowd. But while I was in the dressing room, I could hear the DJ, and I could hear him speaking, and I knew straight away that he was speaking with the echo chamber on the microphone, which obviously a lot of singers use. It's called reverb. So when you're singing, it's as though there's two or three other people singing with you at the same time because there's a delay and your voice actually goes through the PA system, but it goes round a delay and it comes out. Give, give, a, give us a little bit of impression. A fraction of a second <laughs> later. So if I was talking like as on reverb now on echo, I'd be going, hello, 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 hello. How are you doing? Doing, doing, doing. Yeah, my name's Frankie, 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 Frankie. That's what it was like. Yeah. So I said to Will, and when the DJ actually came into the dressing room and I said, look, I can't go on with that fucking reverb on. Get it turned off. So to be fair to me, well, it really did make an issue of it. I wanted it switched off because I knew it potentially it could ruin the whole night. If you're in an audience, you're sitting there, you don't want to be listening to somebody who's talking as though they're in a cave. Yeah. No, it's just... it's. it's so I said to yeah. the, the DJ came in and he said, yeah, okay, I'll turn it off. So I kind of sneaked to the back of the stage and it was still on. And I said to you, tell the DJ I'm not going on unless he switches the reverb off. So then I get back to the dressing room. The DJ came in the dressing room. Will came in, a couple of other people. and said, Frankie, it's definitely turned off. It's switched off. And I went on, picked the mic up and the reverb was turned on. And it was just, it went down great with the lads. But I, as soon as I heard my voice echoing, I thought, why the fucking hell didn't he turn it off when he said he did? So yeah. I was very disappointed with the DJ that night. <laughs> this is before before I ran the shows, yeah? You'd, you'd basically get booked on a flat fee somewhere. And we'd turn up somewhere. And although we'd provide them with a rider that might say, like, you need X amount of security or you need this type of PA system or stuff like that. You know, a lot of the promoters that we were dealing with, no disrespect to them, they weren't professional promoters. They were doing it part-time and it was like fundraisers and shit like that. So, you know, sometimes we'd arrive and like in that particular event, there was like birthday stuff everywhere, which is fine. Um, and the DJ was like, 
you know, just one of these DJs who just spins tunes, basically. He wasn't like an, an audio technician like we'd have now. But having no security on an event is, is a huge, huge issue because it's a deterrent to people in the crowd and it just means that there's order in the room and people don't take the piss. On that particular event, I remember just, I didn't even reference it in the vlog, this just fella just kept shouting out again and again and again and again. Well... Yeah, I mean, you're going to get gremlins, things in the work of these sound systems all the time. It's something that you have to live with and get over. But uh, Not now, though, really. Yeah, it, not now. Uh, well, as you say, when we first started and we were doing shows, which were beyond our control, really, yeah. um, we did get a little bit of that where people weren't paying attention. And a lot of these DJs are much more interested in uh, how they're viewed by the crowd rather than getting things ready for, for, for the act, you know, and that's a good example, the guy in Patelli. I mean, yeah, that's a fucking we're funny story. Let's talk about that further down the line here. We've got Easington Victory, which was the next one down. So basically we went down to the northeast uh, to a place called Easington and the fellow was really sound there. Tony, his name was, looked after us well. But I remember that night, I don't know how much of it I put in the vlog because I can't really remember, but there was actually a kickoff towards you. Yeah, well, Will, you cinema. didn't put any of it in. Didn't I not? No. No. And I would like to have people to have seen that just to show people what some of, what artists are up against, singers and comedians, hypnotists, whatever, when they go round these clubs. Because although some security that we've had in these clubs have been quite good, some of the security's been abysmal. Now, here's the story. Go on. I'm on stage. They were a great crowd, bringing the house down. Fantastic. This guy came in from the street, just walked straight in. Nobody challenged him, who are you? You know, have you paid? Have you bought a ticket? So when he hadn't bought a ticket, he barged in. Obviously, he's got no respect for whatever. So he just started kicking off. Mm. Being funny, Scottish fellow he was, he was a big lad. So as everybody knows, when I'm on stage... I become kind of a different persona and I would not back down to him. You know, he was kind of threatening me, so I was threatening him, trying to make it funny. Shouldn't have even been there. He shouldn't have been allowed in the room. Trying to kind of like... I think the security was just a little bit wary of him because he was like... I think he had a name, this guy. He had a bit of a reputation. So the actual security that were on were actually afraid of him. So I couldn't show fear even if I was afraid. And I had to kind of call his bluff. He was saying, I'll put you on your arse. I said, not before I punch your fucking head and your dickhead and all that. So it was kind of like tit for tat going on and on. In the end, it stopped. But there was a kind of like, not saying it ruined the performance, a little bit of an atmosphere. People thought, fucking hell. I don't know if you remember you know? this. Yeah, like I yeah. was standing like about five yards away from him. Obviously, it's not my place to go over and say fucking shut up in the middle of the show. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have like probably gone off or something. Yeah. But I'm standing there and then he's starting shouting back and I'm looking at you thinking, oh, this is fucking hell. Like... He sorted out, so I'm trying to grab security. Can you say something to him? Then he got a, a playing card. Yeah, I'm through it, yeah. Got a playing card. He walks, you're on stage, he walks to your left as you're on stage, as though he's walking out the door, and then lashed this playing card at the back of your head, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, what's all that about? He was just a dickhead, but he fancied himself. He thought he was a tough guy. So we were doing two sessions there, two spots. So after the first spot... He disappeared. Don't know where the fuck he'd gone. 
So we went upstairs to the living quarters. There was the boss who was running it. That's where he lived. But that was kind of doubling up as our dressing room. Yeah. And the security, the two bouncers, I think it was, or three, they followed us up the stairs, two flights of stairs. And we said, come here. And Will had the word, said, look, who's that fucking fella that you let him come in without paying? He never bought a ticket. You were fuming, actually. I was fuming. He yeah. was kicking off. What the fuck? Who the fuck is he? Get him out of the fucking establishment. Get him out the room. Don't let him back in that room. Yeah. So we're just sitting there having a coffee. The bouncers have gone down the stairs. I turn around. There's the fucking guy <laughs> that was causing the trouble, that was kicking off, being very aggressive, standing right in front of me. Yeah. I thought, what the fuck is this? The two bouncers had gone downstairs and found him. And they must have been afraid of him. They were saying to him, Frankie thinks you're kicking off. Will you come upstairs and speak to Frankie and explain to him what you were doing? Yeah. So it was a horrible atmosphere. And we actually thought it was going to go off in the... Upstairs, yeah. Upstairs, we thought we were going to be fine. I mean, to be fair, the lad, the lad who owned the gaff was, you know, he looked like he could handle himself as well. Well, he did. He was he a was... big lad and he yeah. could... But why did it come to that? Yeah. You know, the dorm and the bouncers, they really let us down that night... They should never, you should, even I know, I'm not a security guard, a bouncer, but I know that, you know, a bit streetwise, you should never get anybody who was causing trouble and bring them deliberately 10 minutes later into a confined space yeah. with the targets of their aggression. <laughs> and you yeah. could see he was ready to kick off again. Yeah, he yeah, was kind yeah. of very reluctant to apologise. He didn't apologise. He was just saying, what's the problem then, Frankie? I'm not, I haven't got a fucking problem. So I had to say, you know, try and be a bit diplomatic, but be firm. I had to say, well, look, we're doing a show here. You're ruining the show because you're kicking off. So we'd rather you, you, you left. The it was all left to me and Will. Yeah, it was mad like. You know, it was a bit crazy. Yeah. And you could see the bouncers were scared of them. So uh, to be fair, you I do mean... get that now and then. And that's why we vet all the security that we use on our shows now. We get we get people in that we know we can trust. To be fair, we've got like the security that we use now, you know, whether it's whether it's Anthony's lads or Brendan or anyone like that, they're all top class. Top, top class. And they won't let you down. You know, yeah. these fellas who've got a little bit of bottle. But what I've found touring the UK, different places, there's a lot of people. We had an incident down in Wales. We were down at Hollyhead in Anglesey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, these lads were on, these security, it was the club security, fucking big fellas, you know, 20 stones, six feet. Yeah. And I'm on the stage, a kind of a flat area, like a disco floor. Saw this guy kicking off a little bit in the crowd. Then he's walking towards me, starts kicking off, walk right past the two dorm and the two bouncers. Went towards me as though he was going to punch me. He couldn't make his mind up. And what I always do is put my hand out and push people in the chest to keep them back. And then if they do kick off, um, I've got them like, I've got them a couple of feet away from me. They can't throw a dig at me, but I'm ready to punch them in the face. You know, I've got to keep them back. <laughs> but I've, I've got me, I've done it before. I've got my right hand ready to, you know, to just throw a dig at them. But as I'm pushing them back, I thought, the doorman had just gone to fucking jump on him yeah, now yeah, 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 yeah. and drag him away screaming. Nothing. Nothing. They just stood there watching. 
And when we came off, I think it was you, wasn't it, Will, said, why didn't you do something? Nah, basically, I was sat at this balcony at the back of the room, like, miles away. The doorman's about a yard away from Frankie, like, seriously, that far away. And I sprinted. I saw the fella kicking off. And I I knew the security wasn't doing anything because I could, I could witness it. So I sprinted like fucking Usain Bolt from the back of the room, down, the, down his flight of stairs. Yeah. Right up to the stage, and then the fella had fucked off by that point, and That's I just right. shouted at the doorman, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he went, uh, uh, "That's not what I'm getting paid for." Yeah, well, what were you getting dad. paid for? Your security, you know, your twenty stone. You've got like your what is it, SRI badge on some fucking thing, yeah, to prove <laughs> that they've been on a course and they know how to handle themselves, be diplom- diplomatic, but know how to be firm as well. Yeah, you could see they were both gym rats. They were in the gym and looked like big tough. They just this kid was only like in his twenties. You could see he was a bit strong, you know, kind of like, uh, but. They made no effort to get him out of the club or to calm him down or to pull him, even pull him away from me. So it was, it was quite disgusting, really, the way they behaved. <laughs> um, okay. So vlog one and vlog two, Huddersfield and Easington. I want you to rate the, f- the first two shows out of 10. Huddersfield out of 10. Well, Huddersfield out of 10. It was a great reception from the lads. There were some lovely lads in there and they were all up for it. You know, the 99% of them were Frankie Allen fans. A lot of the lads had come down from Leeds and Bradford. But because of the PA system, I know it wasn't our fault, um, I'd, I'd have to give it like, out of 100%, are you saying? Uh, out of 10. Out of 10, I'd only give it like a six. Okay, fa- fine. Easington? Easington was a fantastic night, brought the house down. Once that Scottish fella, that dickhead, had left the room, the second half was brilliant, fantastic, more than made up for the trouble we had in the first half. But it did kind of like, when I think of Easington now, it's tinged with a little bit of kind of uh, the memory of it, a little bit tinged with, you know, the sadness really. So I'd only kind of like give it an eight. That's all. Probably an eight, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Right, okay, next up we've got Garswood, St. Helens. Great show. I don't really see any problems with it. The only problem with it was at that point in time, obviously the shows weren't ours, and now it's very formulaic. We have a support comedian. I host all the shows, and we have you as the main act. Then we do a meet and greet and shit like that. Was Garswood the one when I was speaking to that guy in the test? It was from Haiti, Haiti. Or was that Pa? No, no, that was Pa. There, Which one was Garswood? The, the one with Garswood, there was a big fucking band on the stage with all drums and everything. And I was taking the piss going around the uh, dressing room showing all mad stuff. The oh, other. Garswood, yeah. Big yeah. Robbie came along, a mate of mine, yeah. Robbie. Big Rob. Oh, the, the, the massive yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his Rob, Rob Beach. Yeah, Rob, Rob Beach. Okay, He's been so. a good mate of mine for years. He runs the, you know, security up in St. Helens and things and there. Uh, Great guy, and he, he lived quite close, and he came along yet, Rob Beach. To be fair, there's not that much to say about that show. There was there was no... It was a decent show. It was okay. What, what would you rate it out of 10? It was a great show. It was a good night. It was a very good night, and I'd rate that as an eight as well. Okay. Next up, we've got Ellesmere Port. We went down to Ellesmere Port. We brought our own security with us. Big shout-out to Ryan, who's probably been the mainstay of our security over the last two, three years. Um... We brought young Dave with us. We met Jamie Connor for the first time. who's become a good mate of ours. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was okay. 
It was okay. The Labour Club in Saint in uh, Ellesmere Port. Conservative, conservative, conservative. That's yeah. right. Yeah, up um, the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think? I mean, once again. Well, once again, I can remember you get different time, different reactions from different crowds, but uh, I remember lads in there, the kind of like just pissing themselves and falling off the chairs, laughing, screaming, howling, laughing at everything I said. So, and there was a guy, if you remember, remember that night, I, I'm not sure if it was Jamie, but there was a guy there, that, he didn't have a wig on. Yeah, it was Jamie. Or was it Jamie? Yeah, yeah maybe Jamie, but it looked as though he could possibly be wearing a wig. So I had a fucking <laughs> yeah. go with him, you know. I, Jamie, saw you last week, you're running down the street and, your hair was blowing in the wind and, you know, you nearly caught it a couple of times. And the lads were just fucking, it was a great night. So yeah. I'd have to give that um, also an eight. Yeah, An eight out of ten? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, okay, next up we have got Limavady. Vlog five, we went to Limavady in Ireland. Yeah. The story there is we know a guy called Mark Clyde. He used to play for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Great fella. Yeah. And he used to live up in Cumbria, am I right? Well, no, he lived down at, um, it wasn't Cumbria, down Shropshire Way, ah. he, he, it's near Telford. Okay, and we, you know, you met him years ago, he got back in touch, he said, can we bring it over? Yeah. Um, and basically, I think we've, I think we've mentioned this before, but we got the ferry, we got the ferry purely due to the fact that my dad hates flying. I'm scared of flying, and I was silly really, and I'll tell you why. I'm so scared of flying, I said, we'll have to go over. And I'm even scared, escalators, lifts, elevators, whatever you want to call it. I was even scared, I'm scared of being on the boat for, for, for a long period of time. So I said, I don't really want to sail from Liverpool, you know, to Belfast. It's too far, it's eight hours. Try and find out the shortest distance. So Will said, okay, we can go from Stranraer up in Dumfries, uh, Dumfries and Galloway in Scotland. We drive there and it's only two hours over to Belfast. So I said, great, that'll do me. So uh, we drove all the way up there one morning, 5am in the morning, we had to leave. When we got up there for eight o'clock, nine o'clock, we were literally the last fucking car, which <laughs> yeah, was allowed. My, my fault. Yeah, we were a little bit late. <laughs> the last car, which was allowed onto the fucking car ferry. Yeah. We were just, you know, uh, they're bringing like the... Uh, the fucking ramp up. So we got on it anyway, and uh, I was still very nervous, but we made it, you know, we, we sailed from, with the car, you know, with our car with us, obviously, which was good. When we got to, to, to Ireland, we could drive around everywhere. So we stayed in Belfast, but because we were working, a place called Bally Kelly Limavady uh, at the football club, which is close to Derry or London Derry, uh, whatever you want to say, we uh, we drove and it was great driving. But just as it's very strange, really, it's very weird that uh, it, there was a documentary on the television about terrorism in Ireland, and uh, there's me going on the ferry from Stranraer to Belfast, thinking this is a lot safer than flying. Then it came out that they just uncovered a terrorist plot to blow up that fucking boat when it was leaving Stranraer to Belfast. Yeah, you can't I, believe it, can I you? was fuming about it because it would have cost us like 30 quid on the plane, but I think it cost uh, us four tons to get a Well, we, we, we neither of us made any money really, but we had a great time. It, it was, was a good last weekend, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the only thing that was a bit weird about it, we, we you know, hosp, hospitable, uh, sorry, um, hospitable, yeah, they were very hospitable, Mark, and that. And we stayed in the Hilton in Belfast, yeah. it was boss, wasn't it? 
Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was, boss. And I didn't really get to see much of Belfast as a city, but driving through, like, through Ireland was amazing. And the only problem with the actual show, which was a decent show, great setup, there's fucking hardly anyone there. We'd gone all the way to Ireland. How many people would, do you reckon were there? 60 or something? In the crowd? Yeah. I think it was a bit more than that, about 80, 100 or something. He was like, yeah. oh, we'll have 300 people here or yeah. 200 people or something like that. Well, he couldn't have done because the room was only small, on it, really? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But when we got there, the room was like, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, I've sold all the tickets. People haven't turned up. I don't know whether that was legit or not, but whatever. Well, I don't know. He wanted us over there anyway. Mark Make, and, made uh, no odds to us. It was yeah. great anyway. Mark, and how we knew him, it's just come to me. We'd done a show and you'd done a show as Vinnie Allen when you used to be a comic in Bridge North. Years ago. Years ago, Bridge North in Shropshire. Mark, he used to play for Wolverhampton Wonders, was he? That's true. Just referenced and, that before. Yeah, a great player. And uh, and he was from Northern Ireland originally, and he went back home to where he lived. But he, he kind of like, obviously, like Darak, the, uh, the show, and, and, and gave us around. We, we ended up back there. It's just a very strange, funny, weird thing about being in Northern Ireland. You always think about terrorism. And one of the guys came up to me at the end. He said, Frankie... We, we, we were having a laugh earlier on, some of the lads, when we were having a drink at the bar. And uh, what we were going to do, when you pulled up in your car, we were going to throw a sack over your head, tie it up, throw you in the back of a van, and drive round with you for a bit just for a laugh. <sighs> I went, yeah, I said, listen, mate, if you would have done that, and they weren't like, you know, Terrorists, they were just lads who thought that was funny, they were going to have a laugh doing that to me. And I said, Well, I would have just died of fright, you wouldn't have had a show anyway. Yeah, so maybe because they're used to that kind of thing over there that they think it's fuck all, they think it's nothing and it's a joke. Fucking hell, yeah, yeah, mad. Okay, out of 10, what are you rating it? Yeah, I'd give it an eight as well. Yeah, uh, eight mostly for the, the, the actual, you know fact that we went over there and it was nice or what I was pleased about was the crowd were great that night and um, when I spoke to Mark I said what are the you know what kind of like I know it's very kind of like segregated or used to be very segregated Northern Ireland he said no he said we've got everybody's here you know we've got Catholics Protestants everything's mixed it's a great night for everybody nobody's and I thought that's good you know people are coming together and, and I thought well if we're part you know, if people are coming to see Frankie Allen, coming to see Will, coming to see our show, and um, it's breaking down barriers, I think, I thought, well, that's great. Cool, okay, we're 40 minutes in, so I want to try and get through these quicker, if possible. Next one was Barrow, not much to yeah. say about that. Dead Chilled show, no support on it. Um, just a kind of like a really, really stripped back show that one of my friends put on, uh, John Leban. Shout out to John. Yeah. Tip fit, um, tell us out of 10, what would you rate it? Well, that was a good show. They were good lads there. They were great. Um, as are all the lads up there in Cumbria, the Lake District, the fantastic crowd, and they laugh like fucking hell. Not to be confused with the one. Remember the one we done it to ask him? Was That's it? the night after. So that was the night after. Back, so the go, first night we done, which was actually I can't remember the name of the place, but it was near Barrow, wasn't it? It, it was Barrow. Actually, in Barrow, Orco Park. That's it, yeah. and it was fantastic. It was great. We had a good night. Um, Loads of pictures. The lads were all up for photographs at the end and autographs and there's some smashing lads. Um, yeah, I've got to give that like an eight. 
eight. Yeah, no yeah. support comedian on it. Yeah, no kind of high quality production. Just quite stripped back, no old bard. Had a, had a decent security on it though. No trouble. Yeah. Um, ask him next up. Took Jimmy O down with us. I think we came home, didn't we? And went back the next day, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't actually stay over. A lot of people would have stayed over if you're working in the same place. But we, I like to come home to my bed and so does Will. So, yeah, you know, we went up to ask him in the next. And that, this is a thing where I'm not saying me and Will have got a difference of opinion. Or I can tell when there's going to be trouble. I can spot a troublemaker a mile off. So we get to this club and ask him in fairness. We walked in. 6.30, there was already a table of five or six lads on this table. Mm. And as I'm walking into the dressing room, this lad shouted out to me something weird. And he was pissed. Yeah. And he shouted, oh, I, bet, I hope you're funny. I knew straight away that he would kick off later on that night. So about an hour later, we'd been talking when the security... We don't think we had security there, did we? Really? Nah, that was the problem. We as didn't a, really have any security. As I said, on. If you're if you're leaving your destiny yeah. in someone else's hands, yeah, we, we were no on security. with a guy called Jimmy O, a mate of ours, comedian from Wigan. Smashed it that, that night. He went down great. Jimmy's yeah. a great guy, great comedian. So we're on. But I said to Jimmy O, I think we've got a problem with the table here. There's a fella there. He's going to kick off. Yeah. And well, to be fair, and you said to me, no, no, he's not going to kick off. Look, my personal opinion on it was. We've got no security on the event yet. Yeah. What is the point in throwing someone out that early when we don't know what the situation is yet? It's all well and good well, saying. Well, you gave you know, him the benefit to the I doubt, but, the but, but I yeah. knew we'd kick off. Yeah. Anyway, nine o'clock, Jimmy O went on. They were giving Jimmy a little bit of stick, shouting out, but he, he giving him back and everything was okay. But when I went on, the same guy who was six o'clock shouting out, when's the comedian coming on, pissed. All I, I knew straight away he really kicked off. And in the end, this big guy who was just kind of like in the crowd, um, do you remember he just walked up to him? Just grabbed kind him. Of picked him up, out, grabbed yeah. him. And I was on the mic. And what I do, don't forget, I've, I've worked for like many, many years without security. Mm. So what you have to do in those cases, I mean, I was outnumbered. It was like five or six fellas. If they would have kicked off, or his mates would have kicked off. So what you have to do is turn the crowd against them. So what I always say is, ladies and gentlemen, you people, you good people, you've paid good money to see a show tonight. We can't have this fella ruining the night and ruining your night when you've paid good money. So then people get a little bit angry then and they look at things like, yeah, this guy's ruining the night. We've paid. I've paid to see Frankie Allen not to listen to this prick. So the, the whole crowd kind of turned on him. People were shouting, get him out, get him out. And in the end... This big guy just grabbed him and just threw him out. Yeah. What? what so I'd, thanks to him, whoever he was. And uh, yeah, shout out to him who, what, if you're listening uh, or watching. Tell us, uh, out of 10 then, how did you find that show? Because of the fella kicking off, because I'm in the dressing room, knowing at seven o'clock that I was up for trouble later on, I just instinctively knew I'd have to give that like a five. Five? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um Interesting. I thought you would have given it a better, a better shout than that. But no. Five, five's fine. Next up on our list is when we went to Birmingham. Yeah. To Kingshurst and District Labour Club. Okay. A big show, 275 people in a fucking yeah. huge big old Labour Club. They were very hospitable with us there. They were nice people. Lovely people. We had a very, very 
good show. There's not much to fault it except for um, at the start of the show, the fellow was like, oh, do you want me to do some karaoke or something in, in the interval? And we were like, no, 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 do that all after the performance. And then halfway through your performance, just as you're about to come back on stage for the second half, the DJ had people up on stage singing. Yeah, I think well, a lot of the... Well, the pro- I mean... This is hard to explain to people without, if you're not in the business and you're not a comic or you're not a singer, you're not on the stage. Uh, and I don't really want to be offensive to any DJs out there because they're normally, a lot of DJs are good lads and they do a great job. And, um, you know, over the years, a lot of them, 99% of them have let me use their PA system and their microphone. And a lot of them are very good MC and they can give you a good introduction. But a lot of them are kind of starstruck where a lot of these DJs think, even if it's a ticket night for somebody else, they think the night is all about them. And they kind of love being in the spotlight, spinning discs, talking on the mic. They all wear these crazy shirts. You're talking about the type of DJs that are like, come on, everyone, it's a good night, let's party. Like that kind of vibe. Yeah, but even the quiet ones still yes. think that they're the centre of the universe. They think that the whole night revolves round them. To be fair, you know, I would probably well, well, at this point disagree with well, you. Let but me finish. During, during the period that we've been working yeah. together, I've witnessed this like five times. Well, well, now <laughs> like, you're, seriously, yeah. well, yeah, well yeah. now, you know, my lifetime experience about yeah. people kicking off, about DJs, like loving themselves, and it's coming, now you're beginning to realise I'm right. And this DJ, I knew straight away, just by talking to him, he fucking thought that he was Roger Sanchez. You would have thought that he'd just been in fucking Ibiza the night before, spinning on like five turntables. Yeah. You know, with Dizzy Rascal dancing in front of him. And yeah. just a fucking DJ, a normal, like, local DJ. And I don't think he liked me going on, bringing the house down. They feel kind of threatened. So when he got the chance, he jumped on and tried to kind of, like, win back a little bit of, a little bit of kind of, like, affirmation for himself. That's all it is. He didn't mean anything by it, but it was quite disruptive to the night. Yeah, for it and it basically kind of, and he stayed on and we were trying to get him off and as everybody knows who's in entertainment, after ten o'clock, after quarter past ten, the longer you go on, the more difficult it is to get the crowd quiet. So but it, you know, we got him off anyway and, and that was it. Out of ten? Eight. Eight. You know what? Amazing reception. Got some great video footage out of it. The vlog actually re- looked really nice. They were very hospitable with us. Yeah. Can't really fault them apart from that. Um, it's just that we we have venues in... Because they've asked us to go back numerous times, but the venue that we use in Birmingham now is really, you know, fucking brilliant. Yeah, you know, we've got like, a great place that we go to, the Hagley yeah. in Birmingham. And we've done it three or four times. Now it's fantastic. Once we've done it. So, oh, we've done it once? <laughs> we've done it once, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, we've been booked in to do it. <laughs> yeah, we've been, yeah, it's we never materialised. sell hundreds of tickets there, yeah, literally great, every great time. Great crowd. And sadly, well, not sadly, because he's okay now, um, we used a local lad as our support DJ when we did a fat theme. Not a DJ. Um, sorry? He's not a DJ. I never said he was a DJ. You just said he was a support DJ. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, didn't mean to, I don't think you said support DJ. He was our support act. Yeah, yeah, night. yeah. Comedian. Comedian. He's a yeah. comedian, Fat Theo. And uh, he's been in hospital. He's hospitalised because he had COVID. But I believe he's getting better now. So, 
He's a good lad as well. Hope to see him again. Yeah, nice fella. Okay, next up. So we're giving that an 8 out of 10. I know what you're going to say about this show. Okay. Just basically due to the night. Wednesday night, 21st of April, 2019, on a Wednesday night, yeah. randomly. Yeah. We went down to Wolverhampton to do a little tiny place called the ECC Club. When I say tiny, 120 tickets. Okay. We met some great people there. We went back to our mate's uh, place, Jimmy at Jack's Bar, afterwards. In Wolverhampton. Yeah. I know I know what you're going to say about this. Tell me about it. It was a great night, and we got in there. Uh, a couple of friends of ours came along. Did Ben Whittaker come that uh, night? Tony Wilson was there. Oh, sorry, Tony was his dad. Tony Wilson, who uh, was a great boxer in his day, and his son, Ben the Truth Whittaker. The future. Ben the future, I should say, Whitaker. Getting mixed up with a guy called Carl the Truth Williams, a good boxer. Yeah, Ben the, ben the future Whitaker. Uh, he normally comes along. He came along to the Hagley when we did the Hagley. But I think Tony was there on his own that night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was there on his own. He came along and uh, we had a bit of a buzz with Tony. Always lovely to see him. Fantastic guy. Then we went along to see another friend of ours on the way home who runs Jack's Bar. His name's Jimmy and Jack's Bar in uh, Wolverhampton and we had a good laugh there. It was great. Dead relax show. No support on it once again, which sometimes isn't isn't a bad thing. Um, but it wasn't a bad thing on those shows due to the fact that if other people have put support on, usually it wouldn't fit with the show. Great event. Dead chilled. Wednesday night. Extra few quid on a Wednesday night. A one out of ten. I'd have to give that an eight. An eight? I thought you were going to give it more. Okay, fair enough. No. Okay, next up, we went to Blackpool on a Thursday night, yeah. which is the evening after. Okay. We took Jack Ryan with us. We okay. took our own security with us. Yeah. And tell me about what happened. It was the Bloomfield Club in Blackpool. Yeah. This was not mentioned once in the vlog. Was there a kickoff, yes or no? Well, there was. to be honest with you, there was a couple of kickoffs, really. Um, the first... Kick off. It was very rough. You could see the crowd, the rough, and you could see that they'd been drinking. Now, interestingly enough, let me just uh, let me just give you this insight. Yeah, that was the first ever show. Yeah, that I'd promoted myself. Okay, okay, twenty eighth of April, twenty nineteen, yeah. and basically, what had happened was the lad had phoned me and said, "Do you want to take the tickets on it?" Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, great." But I was a shit promoter at that point. I didn't really know what I was doing. I think I only sold like eighty tickets or something like that. Whereas you, you know, we'd be able to sell it out now, easy. Um, but I put my own security on it, and it was the very first show that we'd ever put our own security on. So there was a, there was a, how do we, how do I say it? There were, there was a grey area as to whether they were just close protection security for Frankie, or whether they were actual security for the event in case uh, it went I get off. It now. I think, so that I think was the what, problem. What it was, you kind of when you spoke to the club owner or the guy who kind of like managed the club. There was a little bit of a bit of a communication breakdown where he thought you were bringing along uh, security, which would not only look after me, but would be the security for the audience and for the whole room on the night. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I, I think I it was just because I was raw with yeah, running. No, I don't think, to be honest with you, to, to be fair to you, I think he was just kind of trying it on a little bit. I don't think that... Um, anybody could have expected 
the, you know, the, the comedian and his entourage to bring along security. No, 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 I disagree. I actually, okay. uh, you know, I, I think that he thought of, and, I, and to be honest Do with you, I think he genuinely thought that. I think I thought yeah. that they would have security I mean, as well. I think good, there was yeah, just a bit of a, a grey area. He was a poor one. He was a good lad. He was a great lad and everything. It's just that uh, on the night anyway, just to get to the nitty and gritty, what had happened, there was a girl right at the front who was fucking rotten drunk, started being horrible all the time. Shouting out horrible remarks, being funny, wouldn't shut up, talking to a mate, kept telling her to stop the show two or three times, telling her to be quiet, she wouldn't be quiet. So in the end, we got her thrown out, our lads threw her out, escorted her out of the building. Then a little later on, there were some lads on a table, um, all together they started fighting amongst themselves. Yeah, basically... A, a big fan of Frank's. I can't even think of what his name is. He travelled from Southport to Blackpool. He's a good lad. Yeah. I think someone had knocked his pint over. He's not soft, this fella. He just chinned him. He was a big <laughs> lad and he chinned <laughs> him. like that. But the guy that he chinned, I'm not sure. He's had with a load of mates or something. They were all know. mates and uh, it just kind of like all blew up. So obviously... Then, sorry, what, 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 what we were getting to was when it all blew up, yeah. the security didn't step in. And they were basically like, oh no, we've been employed as close protection security. Yeah. Then the manager was like, what the fuck? I thought they were security for the event. And fair, then I was like, yeah. oh shit, I don't know. We only had two lads with us, didn't we? Yeah. And when I saw the way that it blew up and you could see there's some really tough lads fighting, you know, um, I don't think they could have done much. I don't know even where they would have been able to start stopping it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Once something's kind of, you get more than like five, six, seven, ten people fighting and people falling over and girls and women screaming. When you get a big crowd, I mean, where do you start? Yeah, that's true. Trying to calm things down. All you can do um, is just let it kind of like piss itself and let it, you know, peter out itself. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm laughing at the start of this. I was like, I didn't put them in the vlogs because for a reason. And now I know why, because every fucking show it was like went off ish. So I'm glad that I so didn't put them in. So all the trouble that was in the show was we, we hid. Yeah, but it's really. kind of, it's all been, that, that's it's all been it's it was, it's, uh, What I'm saying is it's yeah. all gone now. It was a good move on your part because at the time, just as the video went viral and I started working, we were doing sold-out shows, there was quite um, a kind of like, not a campaign, but a lot of people in the business who didn't like me for one reason or another were looking for an Achilles heel to try and slag our shows and to talk about us and to demean and demonise the work that we were doing and really um, a fight on film would have really been like manna from heaven yeah, it would for have been them. Amazing yeah. for them. Now, yeah. to be honest with you, I mean, I think we're both very confident with the fact that we well established the Frankie Allen brand now and what we're trying to do with myself and Kilbo. So, uh, and yeah, and else. we haven't got a reputation for running rowdy rooms where there's trouble. No. Nobody's ever said, "Oh yeah, went to see Frankie Allen, but you've got to be careful. Wear a bulletproof vest." No, none of the nonsense like that. You know, we we we've honed in on uh, uh, the market that we go for, the demographic, you know, decent people who are coming along and uh, but they've got no airs and graces, very working class. So quite pleased really with the way it's gone. And you're right, probably now, if there's a little bit of a scuffle in the crowd, um, it would be very interesting just to show it. But at the time, we wanted to uh, really steer clear of all that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to, just to let you all know that, like, that is not the case now. If you go to a Frankie Allen show now, it's a much very, nicer very rare event. Mm. I don't get, don't forget we've had guys thrown out now. As anybody who's worked on security, anybody like myself who's worked in a club, even DJs, barmaids and managers, anybody who's got anything to do with a club or a pub <coughs> anywhere in the UK will tell you <coughs> that the nicest guy at nine o'clock at night um, who's very pleasant and lovely person to speak to, he can kick off at one in the morning if he's had enough to drink yeah <laughs> what's that meant to mean that means that you know um, you can't legislate legislate for the way people are gonna be oh even we, if they know, sound we people. can't be responsible when you let people through the door and you know early doors they're gonna be lovely you know one o'clock in the morning two o'clock you'll see them fighting in the car park it's all down to how much they drink now with our shows for whatever reason, and I still really don't understand why, maybe you do. A lot of people that come to Frankie Allen shows, they go out in the afternoon. Get pissed. And they get pissed. So when we go on stage at 7 o'clock, 7.30, most of them have been drinking three or four hours. So they're okay. You know, I can handle them when they're drunk. But when they get drunk and drunk and drunker and drunker, then they become aggressive. I'll tell you exactly why it is. I was actually speaking to the lads at Bongo's Bingo about this. Yeah. Um, their bar spend is really, really high, much like ours is. And I think it's because it's all to do with audience participation and people get excited because they know they're going to be part of the show. So they make an event of it. Whereas if you were going to like... I don't know, just a little comedy club or something like that. Yeah. You know, you just probably have a chill date night with your beard or something like I that. I get it. So they're going to see something which they kind of like, um, they really kind of buzz off. And, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're going, oh yeah, we're going to see the Frankie Allen show. They don't really know what to expect. So they're slightly nervous in a way as well. Yeah. You know, thinking, what the fuck's this? Like going to see a boxing match two world champions fighting each other. You've got a lot of anticipation. So, as you say, they make a day of it, make an event of it. So, like we did in Wrexham when they were rough, I could tell, you could tell, when we walked out at seven o'clock and when we done the Bradford Bulls, that was another one, mm -hmm. the crowd. And we even seen them. You know, we've got proof on the way to the gig. We saw this pub about half a mile away, hundreds of people sitting outside in the summer drinking, lads and girls. And I said, look at that crowd, they're coming to our show, and they all did. Yeah. So as you say, they, yeah. they make an event of it. Jack, and we can, we can do a few more, or should we start wrapping this up? We've done 10 up to now. First of all, out of 10, the Blackpool show, I actually really, really disliked that show. Yeah, I'd only give that a four, really. I'd give that a fucking three. Maybe yeah, because like it that, wasn't yeah. as bad as what it could have been. It could have ended up in a total bloodbath. It didn't. Um, somehow it kind of like died off, the trouble died out. But even the show but itself. Even the show, because of the heckling, because they were all pissed, because it was rough, um, I'd only give it a four. Yeah, and not to give too much of an insight to promoters who are doing something similar to ourselves. I'm sure they've got their own shit going on, but now how we actually target the ticket buyers is very, very specific. So anyone who is coming to a Frankie Allen show is obviously very, very aware of Frankie Allen. Right then, right then at that point when we had that Blackpool show, yeah. it was much broader strokes. So what you'd find was people were just buying tickets for like 
comedy in general, like works nights out and shit like that. So you found that the audience, you know, when well, it's got no respect for you. You know, I, I, when I was working for clubs for many years and I was going to places where they'd never heard of me, they don't respect you. Yeah. But if they're buying tickets and your name, Frankie Allen, we're going to see Frankie Allen, and especially when they're fans, yeah, you know, they go in, they're sitting down at six o'clock waiting for you to come on, and they're, they're hanging on your every word. The last thing they try to do is give you the bad time because they love you, you know, they're fans, and they're ready, they're up for laughing, they're laughing. You've only got to pick the mic up and say, is this turned on? And they start laughing, you know, you're in that, ca- they're in that zone where they want to be entertained because they're fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've done the first 10 vlogs there. Well, just do another one and that'll kind of do for now. Would you oh, why are you on a bit of a roll with this? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm happy to carry on. I just don't want this vlog to last forever, but fuck it, yeah. I'm enjoying it. So let, okay. let's... Okay, is my voice okay? I wasn't losing my voice, was I? Nah. Sound okay? Go on. You sound great. So... Next up after that, so we're going to try and get through the 15, probably, yeah. you know, let's, okay. try, let's, try and, let's try and get through a few more. Um, Vlog 11, Par Conservative Club, it's a place in St. Helens. Um, we brought down a support yeah. comedian from the Northeast called Simon Kane. Yeah. I think it was a good night for people, um, but that went off in the crowd again. No it went off of in the crowd, but this is something which um, kind of like... Uh, I would not, not obviously you can never be pleased or you can never be happy when there's trouble. But I was happy that the and par is rough, you know, it's no good. You know, I can't like candy coat it and say, Oh yeah, no, the people are great, don't get me wrong. But every city, every town in the UK has got a rough area. And par's got a reputation for being rough. And the people in there were a little bit rough as well. Now, we'd actually finished and wrapped up, we'd done all the pictures. We'd done the two sessions, you know, our support comedian had been on. It was all finished. And uh, we were still in the building. I think we were in the dressing room. Then there was a bit of a scuffle. So it was nothing to do with us. But I'm glad that, you know, it didn't kind of erupt when I was on stage. And as you say, it never looks good. And you're giving people ammunition because my act and our show is a little bit, not over the top, but kind of very different and in your face. You know, it's going to give the doubters and the Frankie Allen haters, um, you know, bullets to fire, so to speak, when they're looking for an Achilles heel. And they can say, oh, yeah, he was on in par. I believe there was fucking murder in the crowd. He caused trouble. You know, the trouble erupted when we were kind of like on the way home. You know, we we were leaving the fucking place. So it was nothing to do with us. So, yeah, there was a little bit of trouble there. But what I liked about that job was the subsequent vlog, you know, which um, there was a guy that came in, one of the, uh, one of the dorm and the security yeah. um, was actually from the West Indies, from Haiti. And I can speak French. I love, you know, I love like showing off with me French and my languages. And they do speak a variety of French, kind of a Creole French in Haiti. And I managed to speak to him and we got it on film and I thought it came across great. It really looked good on the vlog. And all in all, um, I enjoyed that evening. I thought it was great. Great stuff. What would you give it out of 10? I'd have to give it an eight. Fair play. Okay. Uh, Farnworth is next. Now, Jordan, this period was really a transition where I was trying to make the shows a little bit easier for us to run and polished them up a little bit before I started launching my own shows. So what we'd often do on these shows, which we did a farm with, was bring our own security with us again, yeah. bring our own support comedian with us and try and make it more of 
what the Frank, you know, we were building towards what the Frankie Allen show is now. We brought Jack Ryan with us. We brought the, you know, the lads who come along to the Blackpool show. Oh, security security with us. Um, tell us about it. How did you find it? I thought that was a great night. Uh, what I liked about that night, um, Jack Ryan was working, doing another show somewhere else, which before the video went viral, we were doing our own shows. I always used to do two shows in one night. Yeah. You know, but now obviously we can't because it's, uh, you know, we're totally overwhelmed with things that we've got to do on the night. I go on twice and we do the, uh, the, uh, the photo opportunity at the end. So, and it's more relaxed for me because we're just doing one venue. But what struck me about that night in particular was um, for the first time the penny started to drop and I thought, you know, getting kind of adoration from the crowd. Whereas I walked in, they were all clapping, fella shouting out Frankie Allen and Frankie Allen this. And I thought, fucking hell, where's this going? Felt like Elvis. And when I came off, speaking to the guy who owned the club, I'll never forget, and he had this, uh, he owned this timber company or some fucking thing. And he started saying to me, Frankie, um, I, I, I run this timber company. Yeah. Um, I can come to your house and build a log cabin in your garden. Yeah. And I went, okay. And then this other guy was saying, yeah, I've got this company, Frankie, where I provide slates if you need, I'll bring some slates to your house if you need them for a new roof. You'll just have to pay for the lit. I thought, what the fuck's this? I thought, you know, the penny started to drop then. I thought, this Frankie Allen thing is really taking off. Yeah. Because although I'm kind of modest, I've never really been able to judge very well. And I couldn't see where you could, Will could, but I could never really see the thing taking off. Not that I couldn't see it taking off. I didn't notice it taking off, so to speak. But that was the first time I thought, why would anyone want to come to my fucking house and <laughs> yeah. build yeah. a log fucking cabin in my garden? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then on the way home, I started thinking, the guy must, like, who does he fucking think I am? Yeah. So that's where I started realising that I was getting recognition then as a kind of, you know, what you'd have to say, was like a famous star. <laughs> Good stuff. Getting there. So, uh, out of 10, that show? Eight. Eight again. Okay. Yeah. Now, the next show that we took was my... Actually, these vlogs have come out in the wrong order. I don't know why, but the next show that we took was a show in Wrexham. It was the very, very first show that I ever promoted myself. Okay. And basically, because I promoted it myself, we sold fuck all tickets <laughs> purely because I didn't really know how to market it at that time. Yeah. 54 tickets sold. Was this Brimbo? Obviously, no, this is a Wrexham at the oh, football yeah. club. The football club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It was a, you know what? It was such a nice night. Look, you get a lot of these, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to compare myself at all with some of these fucking world-class back, uh, world-renowned uh, world, uh, um, pop groups and rock groups. But you used to see on MTV, didn't you? You know, uh, the Rolling Stones unplugged and they, was just, uh, they were just playing to a hand-picked audience of about 30, 40 people when they're normally used to playing in front of stadiums of 100,000 people in like Rio de Janeiro and stuff like that. And um, any kind of crowd. And you get, when we worked Wrexham, what I found, the people that were there, although there was only like 50 people maybe, 
They were all crazy Frankie Allen fans. They were all lovely people. And the show went over brilliantly because it was so intimate. You know, they were like as though they were in your living room. And at the end of the night, we got a chance when we'd done the, the, the photo op, we got a chance like to speak to everybody individually. Yeah, basically. And, and it became, when, we came very close. It was great. When the shows are, are, are a lot bigger, it's much more difficult logistically. I always try and keep Frankie out the way because, you know, I know that he likes talking to people, but yeah, if there's like 400 people in there. But this night was but just I, I just, I just let you go and chill with people and go and yeah. sit on people's tables and have a laugh. And it was great. And I love all that, you know, sitting on the tables with people, People talking and reminiscing, you know, a lot of the older people, people who kind of like near my age, you know, they were saying, Frankie, did you ever do the Crossville Club in Wrexham? And I said, yeah, done it hundreds of times. They couldn't believe it. And I said, you know, do you remember Snowies? And they were oh, fucking Snowies, you know, Snowies in, 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 in the town centre. I said, yeah, Snowies. I was there in 85 in a Hillman Imp. And I was rotten drunk, fell over, drove all the way home in a Hillman in 85 from Snowy's. And, and just kind of like, and it made me feel great as well, you know, knowing that I had a connection. The people in Wrexham were great, you know, the lovely people. But even though there wasn't that many people there, very memorable night. And I'd give that a nine, actually. Give that a nine. Excellent. Give it a nine. To be, honest, to be honest with you, although, although it was a very, you know, stripped back show, yeah. it, was, it was hardly anything. Very enjoyable. There. It was, it was actually the day that Tommy Smith, a good friend of yours, passed away. Passed away. away. Ex-Liverpool captain. Uh, I, I brought along a friend of mine, young Dave, and he kind of featured very heavily in the uh, in the subsequent vlog that we did. Yeah. And uh, Dave, you know, can uh, lived in Wales for a while. He can speak Welsh. And I think he was speaking Welsh to a few people in there. Yeah, I think he was. Right, okay. Yeah. We're going to try and get 15 of these done, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, next one, Stoke. Now, okay. this is when it started. We started getting somewhere with the live shows. I yeah. don't know how I managed to do it within a week but, yeah. or, or however long it was. We did Stoke, Jolly's Cabaret Venue. Right. Uh, Jack Ryan was on it on support. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Jack Ryan was on support, yeah. Yeah. Um, they provided the security. Great people. Fucking boss, in my opinion. You know, this, that, that, that is the marker for what was to come. That was the kind of yardstick that we used... To judge all of the shows, really, because it was very well organised. The people were lovely. The manager of the place, a nice guy. The security was spot on. You know, they really, they reacted very well to anybody who was starting to be a bit weird in the crowd. And um, the only regret I've got that night was this little tiny guy. Different show. You sure? 100%. Was a different night. Different night. So it was the first, you're talking about the first time that we'd done Jolly's, yep. Jolly's Cabaret Club. But even so, that night, as far as I can remember, everything went uh, very well, um, seamlessly, and uh, just a good night, a great night. Brilliant. It was when the vlogs were really starting to take off. Out of 10, what, what would you rate it? I'd give that one a nine. Nice one. I've just looked back on that vlog and it killed me off a little bit because I look fresh on the vlog. Okay. <laughs> now I've put a bit of weight on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Final one, vlog 15. Now, right. what we decided to do at that point, yeah. I wanted to elevate the production level and also the the venue level so yeah. that younger people felt more comfortable, comfortable in yeah. the environment. So we took football clubs. We can't take football clubs anymore because of a fucking troll. We'll speak about that in future. Yeah. However, we were using football clubs at the time. Preston North End, Vlog 15, uh, no support comedian on it. 
I'd just come back from holiday. Yeah. You brought some friends with you. Tell me about the show. The show was amazing. Oh, shit, wait there. Stoke, first time round, out of 10. I've just given it a nine. Oh, did you give it a nine? Yeah. Sorry, come. Um, yeah, the, the Preston show. That was a deep tale, wasn't it? Deep tale in Preston, yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. And there wasn't many there. I think there was about 60 people, was there something like that? I'd say, you know, I think there was 90 people. Well, maybe 90. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't one of those where there was hundreds of people. But again, the, 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 and the Preston people are lovely people of sound, you know, and they were, they were great, very appreciative. Um, I remember that night, there was a lot of women in there, a lot of women in the crowd that had come along with the boyfriends, husbands, and uh, travelled down from Lancaster. People were coming up from Blackpool. And uh, got talking to people at the end of the night there, and they were lovely, great people. And we got a great reaction. It went down very, very well. So that was a good night, yeah. What would you give it out of 10? I'd have to give that a nine as well. Nine out of 10. Okay, brilliant. So that's the first 15 vlogs. Bit of a backstory, some things that you probably wouldn't have known about the vlogs uh, due to what we referenced earlier. Uh, but yeah, the vlogs are doing really, really well. I hope you've enjoyed them all. We're after, we're desperate for some ideas for future videos and also yeah. podcast guests. So I'd love to know who you want us to interview on the podcast because we're bringing guests on from next week. I'd love to know if you've got any ideas, much like the house tour of videos that you'd like us to see put on YouTube that you'd, you know, that you'd enjoy. Yeah. I Good. mean, fucking hell. We, I didn't even realise we'd done that many shows and it wasn't too long ago. But obviously we're all getting kind of like locked down and things now. It seems a long time ago, doesn't it? We were doing them. 2019 those shows were yeah. um, when we were absolutely churning them out with, yeah, was, doing great. with the back end of 2019 okay big thanks to everyone who's listened or watched as I always say please do give us a thumb up on the vid get yourself subscribed on YouTube 12 and a half thousand subscribers now big thanks and if you're on Apple Podcast, a five-star review. Now, this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. I'm going to read out some of the lovely um, comments and okay. ratings that we've had from the last time we did episode 11, which was all about reviewing January and answering the public's questions about Frankie. So, some lovely ratings in general from Apple Podcasts. First of all, we have got Azafella, who says... This podcast is excellently produced and covers a multitude of topics. It is in many ways an extension of the Frankie Allen comedy show, offering insights to the more personal side of Frankie's character, life, and massive root. The podcast is led by Frankie's talented son slash promoter, Will, and frequently guests are invited to join them. On a personal note, I find the podcast very uplifting. The discussions about current affairs reveal how Frankie and the team are just like the average working man, and how they too have been affected by situations in the world just the same as everybody else. I recommend watching the YouTube vlogs as they add great context and offer the chance to see the legendary friend of the show, Young Dave. What about that? Well, that's amazing, and he is a legend and a uh, very close friend of ours. Yeah, great, a lovely comment, and uh, thanks, really appreciate it. Nice one, as a fella, you're a good lad. I appreciate you putting that comment down. Uh, sorry, should I say that review on Apple Podcasts? Another one on Apple Podcasts coming in from Andy from Anglesey, Andy Henley's. Okay. And it's a five-star podcast, and it just says thanks. And he's put, absolutely love the podcasts. I've been feeling really down during this latest lockdown. Yeah. I was made up when you guys started back the podcasts. Loved it last year, but these recent ones are a game-changer. Cracking guests, cracking stories, keep up the good work. It's put a smile back on my face and I can't wait for more episodes. Thanks for the smiles and the laughs, 
Andy from Anglesey. What a legend. Thanks, Andy. Andy, thanks for that. And you're in a lovely place there. If there's anywhere at all in the UK to be on lockdown, it's Anglesey. I mean, you've got it all there, you know. You've got the fucking ocean, you've got the Menai Straits, and you've got the countryside. Lovely place to be. Brilliant. Yeah, well, look, we really, really appreciate you tuning in today. Massive thank you. It's been there. Uh, it's been great. More comments coming in. Neil Oldfield, top stuff. Better than the lives, I think, fellas. Love that. Um, yeah, you know, as as you said, I'm always going on. Thank you so much for the support and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure fucking everyone says that on every podcast you listen to. But like, for us, it does really, really go a hell of a long way. And we can't thank you enough because at one point, it was basically just me kind of believing in this yeah. from way back when, because you just didn't, you did not believe that it would blow up to this extent, really, did you? Well, look, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm still, you know, not an 80s man, but I'm just rolling along with the way things were. we done the video, the video went viral. You know, my phone exploded, really, but I still didn't kind of, um, you know, realise the extent of uh, what was happening. Uh, Will took over, he said, I'll take everything over, and he's promoted, he, he kind of like uh, assessed the situation, uh, knew instinctively what to do, because he'd been to the Lipper School, he'd studied managing uh, artist bands and groups and things, and, and uh, you know, kind of like uh, got a degree in it, so he knew it better than anybody and everybody, and he's done a marvellous, fantastic job with the promotion and uh, with the, um, you know, what's the word? The organisation of um, of the shows and the and the and the media work as well, the podcasts and the vlogs and live streaming, publicity. So it's been an amazing journey. Bit of a hiccup with what's going on now, but as I've said to everybody, communicate. We're communicating with you now. All communicate with each other. And this will all be over. We'll be back to normal. We hope to see you all on one of our shows. Make sure you comment on this video. Give us a big thumbs up. Get it shared. Get subscribed. Keep supporting. We love you all. Thank you so much. Nice one. And we'll see you soon. Any last words, Frank? Just everybody out there, be careful. Take it easy. Nice one in a bit. God bless. God bless.